Talk Zone presents Two Guys on a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet lighthearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joel Radwanski. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys on a Mic on TalkZone.com. Football Friday of the season, folks. It has been a long, long off season. I think I can speak for most of the football fans out there, but it's back a full slate, nearly full slate of college football coming at us uh, today, Saturday. Even a couple of good games on Sunday. We even got Monday night college football. The NFL might be a week away, but college football is upon us. We'll play beat the schmoes on our first official football Friday. Big dog, the coach, producer extraordinaire, David Olson, the rest of the semi-dysfunctional clan joining you here for uh, 58 minutes and 42 seconds. That's all they allow us on this particular show. A little bit of music to kick this puppy off, and then uh, we'll get to the deep, detailed, well-written content of this particular show. Laugh track, please. Thank you very much, David Olson, playing the uh, scintillating music on the other side of the glass. We do appreciate everybody joining us this morning. Glad you could do so, uh, as per always. If you care to join us on a more personal nature, you can do it by dialing it up at 888-463-6748. Don't forget to push that annoying one before it. But uh, 888-463-6748, our phone number, if you want to check in, talk some football with us. We'll make our... uh, Beat the Schmoes football picks. Again, our first official football Friday. Next week, of course, we'll have a little bit more of a selection next Friday because we'll have the NFL games on top of the college games. But uh, very, very exciting. Uh, And, in fact, um, you know, tomorrow, pretty good slate of games. But tonight, tonight you got uh, Boise State taking on Michigan State. Not a bad appetizer. Not a bad appetizer for the weekend of college football. And I even got a, uh, I think, the dessert is going to be the best game of all. I'm going to wait till the big dog comes on because I I think uh, the sleeper game of the weekend is going to be on Sunday. And I will release that pick as soon as we're talking to the the big dog here. But some big games tomorrow, of course, live from Dublin, Ireland. If you want to get your college fix early in the morning, I think the game comes on at 8 o'clock a.m. Hello. Blue, red, set, split 45, 45. Pennsylvania twist, Pennsylvania twist, set, hut, hut, hike. Notre Dame and Navy, 8 a.m. in the morning. Forget about strawberries and cream with Wimbledon. How about pancakes with uh, Brian Kelly and the Notre Dame fighting Irish as they take on Navy? Navy is always a pain in the butt to play. We got any Notre Dame fans out there, by the way, you want to talk about that recent controversy uh, with their announcer, we can do that too, 888 I forgot the Navy coach, he's good. Ken Nakahoma, Nakakakamura. But they play not a team you want to open up with. One of the more annoying teams at college football. They run that spread triple option, I think you could call it. Not the traditional triple option. But they use the – matter of fact, I will say this. If they ever make the field 10 feet, 10 yards wider, 5 yards wider, 15 feet wider, Navy will be the number one team in the country. 
It's almost undefensible. But we'll talk some college football, make our beat the smallest football picks. Uh, right now, I do want to introduce a man who lives it. He breathes it. In fact, it comes out of, at times this year, it comes out of every orifice of his body without getting too particularly detailed. My good friend, the football expert on this show, Joel, the big dog, Rad Wonski. Big dog, how are you? Uh, coach doing absolutely phenomenal. And uh, right now I'm looking at Vegas Insider. And, oh, my goodness, are there some games to be had this weekend. It's going to be awfully, awfully good. So, I think uh, there there is a girl named uh, Misty Pajan on page four of the Vegas Insider. And if I recall correctly, she might make you forget about some of the matchups this weekend. I have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah. Let me just say this. Take the under. No, take the over. No, take the under. I'm more of an under guy. Eh, once you see Misty, you might go for the over. All right, sorry. You got me on the last last time I picked up a Las Vegas insider. I was, uh, how shall we say it, strategically distracted, Big Dub. But what, what the hell were you saying again? Big dog? I don't remember. I don't remember. Oh, okay. Sorry. I didn't mean to get you off your uh get you off your pedestal there. But we got Cowboys football dog, beat the schmoes. Last year, uh and of course, I'll let you do the honors. Once again, a lot of new listeners jumping on board since last year. Beat the Schmoes, our popular football game. Other shows by Beat the Pros. We hear the two guys in a mic show by Beat the Schmoes. We believe in simple rules. What are those simple rules, Mr. Redwanski? Yeah, somehow I'll say it, and you'll say, no, I described it all wrong, like you do every year on the first one. <laughs> you pick three football games against the spread. We pick three football games against the spread. If you happen to have a better record than David Olson, the coach, and myself, the big dog, I don't know what you're giving away this year, so you possibly have a chance to win a prize at the end of the year. Is that, is that good enough? Yeah, $50 cold cash. That's not bad. You used to give away 50 bucks a week. Yeah, though. I don't know if we can afford to give out 50 a week, but... Uh, no one's going to beat us at, at all, so it doesn't really matter. Ooh, laying down the gauntlet. Laying down, By the way, speaking of laying down the gauntlet, did you see Clint Eastwood lay an egg last night? I didn't. I did not. Holy mackerel. Unfortunately, I had to work until 10, and I missed everything. I didn't get to watch yeah. the, the last day of the convention. Well, believe me, you didn't miss all that much. A lot of old white people standing and clapping like well, a bunch why, of lemmings. Why are there so many people compl- You know what? I, I'm sick and tired. Listen, I, first of all, I am not a Republican. I'm definitely not a Democrat. But I hear, oh, it's just a bunch of white people. But you know what? It's It's too bad that... Today in America, it's automatically, I'm a minority, so I have to be a Democrat, and I have to make sure that, uh, yeah. uh, that's, why is it like that? Well, that, that's, a, that's the an Republicans ins- aren't excluding anybody. As a okay. member of the white uh, Jewish faith, I, uh, which is not necessarily a minority, big deal, I take that as an insult. I'm going to speak on behalf of all the insult? gays and African Americans and young women out there and all those that might be considered of the minority. That's an insult. You're basically saying we're not intelligent enough to know which party supports yeah. us more? Is, is that what I just said? That's not what I just said. That's not what I said. It's, it's just, it's just, it's just. If you're, I understand. If you're up for gay marriage, you want to be a Democrat, okay? No, no not necessarily. That, other than that, there's no reason for your skin color. And it's kind of strange that when, when 99 percent of African Americans vote for, for Barack Obama, are you really trying to tell me that it's because of the white people? No, it's and because you, of you the. Bring up, oh, look at all the white people. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm, what I'm telling you, of, of voting African Americans vote for Barack Obama. 
what I'm... Be careful when you start pointing fingers with race and all that, because you better be right. There is a certain percentage, both white and black, that vote on race alone. A small percentage. The large majority have the... Hold on a second. Hold on. All African Americans voted for Barack Obama, and you're going to point race out? What? No, big dog. What I said, listen to me. There is a small percentage of both black and white that will vote for their presidential candidate if there's a black and a white strictly on race. It's a small percentage. The large majority are reasonably educated voters who know which particular party might protect their interests a little bit more. So the African-Americans out there clearly see in some of the Republican policies and stances things that they don't like, and it's almost embarrassing. It's embarrassing to look out there at the crowd and see that many to, old white to have, people. To, to literally have, it, it is embarrassing the fact that people automatically assume that, oh, oh, I'm uh, I'm a minority, so I, I can't think that. Well, it's funny how it, it, it works both ways, Coach. You, you just see it as, oh, it must be the Republicans' fault. Well, so you're you're disagreeing. Not, you're disagreeing with what I'm saying that the majority of uh, of any race color, the majority of them are reasonably educated voters who know which party might sway or protect their particular interests more. Or you're disagreeing with that. No, you're, no you, you were saying that there's only a small percentage of people who yes. vote by the color of their skin. I, I'm gonna, I hate to tell you this, Coach, but there's something called the real world, and that isn't true. <laughs> I, you know, I, I, I'm around people constantly of all different races and creeds over the last two months arguing over this. I have yet to see one African-American person be like, you know what, Mitt Romney has actually a solution to uh, uh, what we, instead of spending so much money, a solution to get the, the country back on track monetarily. No, it's all oh, Barack Obama. Barack. They don't even, they don't even have it. They can get destroyed in a, in, a, in a debate with these people that I'm watching, and every single time is, oh, no, it's just Barack Obama. You know, and I don't get it. And if all of a sudden you're like a white person then voting for Mitt Romney, I don't like Barack Obama. They pull the race card out. Oh, you're just voting on him because he's white. I mean, like, it's, seriously, this is arguments I've been seeing at East Bank Club. It's, I mean, these people are getting angry in East Bank Club, both, both sides. It's, I'm, this is really contentious as, mo- as much as I've ever seen it. Seriously. I agree. And as much as, you know, I try to be, you know, me, I'm a, I'm a, you know, peace and love guy first. I don't like to be confrontational, but I do see a separate, it's a civil rights of sorts. It's the North versus the South. There is a beginning to be a wider and wider divide of mindsets, of mentalities out there. There's two different Americas. Maybe we yeah, need to draw a uh, a vertical Mason-Dixon line, and I'd prefer to take the West, thank you very much, and, and send you know, one group out West and have the other group out East, and we'll have uh, two Americas divided by the Mississippi River. I, I have no problem with that because I seriously want to just get a, a chunk of land. Yeah. Well, you'd somewhere be, in the middle of nowhere and disappear. I'm not kidding. I really do. Now you'd, so, be, you'd be giving kayak tours on the Mississippi River, and I'm sure you. I don't know if I give them on the. I don't know if I give them on the mighty Mississippi, but I wouldn't <laughs> mind being up in the middle of like North Dakota, South Dakota, Montana, giving yeah. them up there. It's not bad. I've been hanging out with my buddy uh, Marty Feldstein <laughs> and and uh, and Jackson Hole, Wyoming. So. Uh, <laughs> um, well, we started out by saying that. Uh, have you, so you didn't see any of Clint Eastwood. No, I, I didn't get. To, I didn't see any of it. All I heard was there was. Uh, uh, I, I, I guess uh, I don't think. What, maybe the Republicans need to have more uh, Asian people in their uh, in their contingent <laughs> because that's a strong. 
all these, so it's like all of Lily's friends and all that, they all have jobs, they all work their butts off, and they're sick of being like, literally 40% of my paycheck is, is gone, I've been working my, my ass off for years, and all of like, they're all voting for Romney, I couldn't believe it, I was like, well, if everyone's sick of all the white faces because no one else seems to join the party, uh, you should have went to the freaking convention. And uh, it was funny you said it because, like, uh, one of them was, like, all, like, all P.O.'s are like, Romney can't give a speech. Why isn't Rubio going to be running for president? That was the only thing I heard from anybody. Yeah. Was from, well, uh, giving, giving uh, a, an extremely educated Asian person. Yeah. Uh, giving a speech does not make a president. You want some meat and potatoes behind it. Marco Rubio, by the way, is incredibly smooth. I will say that. Uh, good speaker uh, for a very for a young guy. He's very very composed out there. Mitt Romney gave a a decent speech, and I've said it all along. I, I don't think Mitt Romney. I actually like Mitt Romney to some extent. I, I do think he's basically a compassionate guy, and obviously very intelligent, and obviously very business smart. I think he's been twisted and turned. As we talk football Friday, we headed to the political realm, but I think he's been twisted and turned and going down a road that is not. As likable for him, but overall, you know, certainly of the Republican candidates that have been in the past or that uh, stared at us about four months ago, Mitt Romney, not that bad a guy. So you know I, what, I, Now, Paul I, Ryan, on the other hand, the VP, oof, the epitome, the epitome of what's wrong with politics. Are you are you serious? Because he's, cause he's demanding that people uh, actually work instead of, like, wait in line for uh, a check? Oh, big deal. You're going to go down that road, please. I know, honestly. That is so passive. The epitome of what's wrong with Oh, Barack is out there. He's right. handing out paychecks to everybody. What a bunch of crap polo that is. You, you... Well, just the epitome of what's wrong. It's the epitome of what's wrong with politics is the guy who's in the White House right now. Oh, boy. Oh, I, I guess the guy who promised everything and has delivered on nothing. Okay, and then oh, I did, it was because it was so bad when I got in. That was the first thing you said yesterday. Yeah, but it, but it wasn't the last it was thing. So bad when he got in. It was the first thing, but it wasn't the last thing. I mean, there's oh. a long lineage of positive things Barack Obama w- has done, and there'd be a longer well, lineage. All, all big Barack dog. Obama wants is more poor people so he can have oh, more people underneath him. That was, that's You've, ideal for him. I'm going to blame. Go out there and say it's everybody else's fault. David, we got to talk to someone. And, it's, it's, I can keep your. You know, I can keep hope alive. Just. Make sure to donate your ten dollar text message to, to the, <laughs> oh. the Obama campaign. Somebody, we, and we're going to raise more taxes. We're going to spend more money. I'm going to hold Lily the Lilac responsible because you used to be a uh, reasoned, middle of the rotor, and now you are no, spewing no, no. out. I've always been a libertarian. I cannot stand. I cannot stand Barack Obama and his socialism anymore. I cannot take it anymore. Okay, it's and the way he points fingers at well, the reason the country is so bad when I got in there, yeah, because we had an, uh, an idiot re- a Republican who called himself. Yeah. A Reagan Republican, yet yeah. he handed out a, a trillion dollars to a bunch of bankers. Well, he may have been don't, an don't idiot compare. Republican, but but Barack Obama is a very intelligent, very reasoned, and uh, reasoned. Yes, reasoned. Reason. Very this intelligent, the, very reasoned, the tremendous opposite of reason. Saying we're going to hand money out and destroy, dividing wealth does not create it. Okay. That is, the, that is the least reasonable, yeah. that's moronic. They call him reason. Well, you're right, Big Dog, but the problem is he never said he wants to, to hand out money to people you're buying. And again, I'm going to hold Lily the Lilac and her family responsible until yeah. I find out who was infiltrated. You're oh, otherwise very objective mind, but you're just spewing out the uh, the usual sound bites. Incorrect. Okay. Incorrect. Before, before, 
before you start talking for Lily the Lilac's family, they own a restaurant on 113th Michigan. Okay. And and her mom was like, no, I, I, Obama, Obama, it's got to be Obama. I was like, why Obama? Because she's like, I don't want uh, to be robbed and. Uh, I don't want to get I don't want to get attacked when I'm leaving the the restaurant if they don't get their check. That's uh, so you you know you you got to be careful what you say and what the, that's really the belief and these people are coming in the store they have if Obama ain't in here there's going to be violence in the streets seriously she's freaked out over it okay you guys can have what you want oh he's such a great guy all this stuff there is a there is a hatred there is, this country has been divided over the last four years. Okay, because there's some people producing and some people that keep on asked to produce more and being penalized for producing. While the, the, the line of people that continue to, to count on the government for assistance grows and grows and grows. It has never grown at a rate as it has under the Barack Obama administration. You're supposed to be getting people off of welfare, not adding people on the welfare, not adding every, oh, we got a handout for you. We got, you vote for me. Don't worry. There's a handout for you. It's basically uh, take what breath. he's going right. for. Take a breath. David Olson. No, I'm, I'm not even going to start. I'm, I'm <laughs> not even going to start. All right. You know what, uh, big dog, we could go deep, deep into the abyss here. I, I do think. You're getting some. Uh, it, it's not the same Joe Rodwanski I was talking to a year ago. I'm hearing. I'm hearing some. Because the more I look, the more and more I research this president, the more afraid I am that he's going to be the president for another mm-hmm. four years. Right, well. and you need to do more research in different places than the Drudge Report, Joel. Because no, I mean, I li- listening to you, I mean, I, I it's 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 ridiculous. I haven't opened the Drudge Report in six months. Okay, six months since I've opened the Drudge Report. All right. It doesn't even come up on my phone anymore. Uh, well, you're reading some report that says... Uh, oh, I, I just can't... You want to talk politics? I'm going to be... Okay. I, someone has to Someone has to stop this guy. Oh, please. Please. All right. It's a football Friday. We're going to get off the political vent, but uh, do, do yourself a favor. Even beyond the politics, just check out the Clint Eastwood speech, YouTube it or whatever. It was uh, part humorous, part sad, part disturbing. Because, you know, I, I think of Clint Eastwood as this great quiet, smart, tough guy, and he was, um, as Keith Jackson would say at a Michigan football game, he was rumbling, stumbling, bumbling down the field. Of course, the Republicans thought it was funny, and they liked it, but uh, but uh, check it out if you get a chance, Big Dub. But more importantly, let's check out some college football. By the way, I made the comment that of all the great games over the weekend, the underrated game, the game to watch, I think is going to be on Sunday. How about Kentucky at Louisville? I am predicting right now that's the best game of the weekend. That, that typically is a pretty good game every single year. So, usually a pretty good game. Kentucky at Louisville. Ten- oh, by the way, who won the uh, Minnesota Golden Gopher game yesterday? Do we know? Big dog? I don't even know who won South Carolina Vanderbilt. Like, like I was telling you, I worked all day last night. South Carolina 17, Vanderbilt 13. Marcus Lattimore in his comeback game with 113 yards. Something like 24 carries South Carolina barely escaping a much-improved uh, Vanderbilt team. But we're playing Beat the Schmoes here on the Two Guys in a Mike Show. First week of the season. I think it's our, what would you say, dog, 11th consecutive year of the award-winning Beat the Schmoes game? This is, uh, yeah, we started in 2001. Right. So this is 2012, which would make that this is our 12th season. Wow. And you were on game last year. You were outstanding. Producer extraordinaire David Olson was outstanding. We were not beaten. The Schmoes were not beaten uh, overall 
over the course of the season. Maybe week to week we were, but let's welcome in our first compatriot, our first competitor, our first contestant to take on the Schmoes. Big Doggy hails from parts unknown, but we do know he sneaks in on line number 16, and his name is Swamp Rat. Swamp Rat, welcome to the program, my friend. Coach Joe, how you doing? I hope you doing? didn't have to hold on the lines too long, very, I know. Oh, very good, very yeah. good. Beautiful. How are you, by my the way, friend? Minnesota won that game by three and three overtimes. Wow. Wow, I knew it should have started like at 10 o'clock, right? Yeah, yeah, I, I couldn't last that long. Triple OT. Yeah. UNLV has played Big Ten teams and to, into overtime on more than one occasion to open the season. Wow. They did this to Wisconsin a few years That's ago. That's right, yeah. Wisconsin almost, they almost erased the state. It was they almost lost to UNLV that year. <laughs> Jerry Tarkanian must have played his starters too long, and they uh, the wore out in overtime swamp. Uh, he had no towel left. He would he, he, he chewed it all up. <laughs> Dan Robinson is still there, isn't he? <laughs> I don't know. I think so. <laughs> all right. Well, Swamp Rat, there's a lot of pressure on you because this is going to be what an 18, 19 week season. This yeah. is the twelfth year, so there's a grand tradition. This year is the biggest and best yet for Beat the Schmoes, and I hate to put it on you. But uh, you are caller number one. A lot of times, you know, first impressions are key. This might set the tone for the entire season. But um, it is time to make your picks against the Schmoes. Can Dave put me on hold till the next one calls? No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Who's Dave? Coach, uh, and one of you guys, you're going to say, boy, this guy's got a pair. But uh, my first one's going to be Miami of Florida at Boston College. Um. I, I, you know what? Boston College is getting two points. I'm taking the Eagles. You're taking. I don't think you need a pair. I think you need to borrow a pair. <laughs> you're taking the Eagle. Yes. Wow. And I'm not uh, talking what you're talking. The, the, at home, Boston College at home has been perennially covering games against the Miami Hurricanes for years. By the Miami way, the pair must have really have come down in the last year. Swamp, the pair I was talking about was glasses after making that pick. Oh, no, 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 no. no. That, that wasn't even the pick. This is the pick right here. <laughs> All right. So you got Boston College giving up how many or uh, getting how many points? Getting two. That's it? Okay. Next. So, you, it, so yeah. you did get a pair. Yes. You got two. Literally. All right. <laughs> uh, number two. You ready for this one? No. North Texas at LSU. No. Don't do it. North Texas getting 43. Wow. I don't think LSU's offense this year, anyway, has 43 points, and they don't have the honey badger to, to, to bail them out with a big play for a touchdown or two. LSU wins, no doubt about it. But I'm taking North Texas with the 43. Big dog, anytime the mean green gets 43, that, that's I'm with Swamp right on that pick. This ain't the mean green, uh, green, mean green of the late nineties. This is the mean green of the late. It's uh, that's going to be one of those games late uh, swamp rabbit. You're going to be like, hey, it's thirty to nothing. I cover that spread, and then with two minutes to go, they return two <laughs> interceptions for touchdowns, and they win forty-four to nothing. I'm, that's what's going to happen. Hey, so. hey, Joe. As long as Les Miles don't put the second and third string, I, I, I feel pretty confident. Well, uh, the second string of what? Uh, uh, for LSU uh, on the offense, because naturally, yeah, the second string they want to impress the coaching staff too. That's when they may run uh, it up. See, that's that's swamp to going a little deep, deeper thought. The average football fan thinking, well, what are you talking about? First strings in, 
they're going to score more. But you're absolutely correct. Big lead. The first string is just running out the clock. All of a sudden, the second and third guys come in. They want to put points on board. Good point. I hope the Mad Hatter's hat is a little bigger. Good point. All right. <laughs> Game three, and again, Swamp Rat leading off the uh, the season. The 2012, soon to be 2013 football season. Two picks are in, one more to go, Swamp. Uh, the, the game's actually on Monday night, Georgia Tech at Virginia Tech. Mm, and, what uh, a game. That is gonna, you're right, Joel. It's gonna be, I think it's gonna be a great game. Even though the game's in, at Virginia Tech, Georgia Tech has really improved. They're getting seven points. I will gladly take Georgia Tech with the seven because I, I personally think Georgia Tech can upset them. And uh, Virginia Tech is renowned for playing really poor early and getting better as the season goes on. That's, yeah, that's exactly. Great. I didn't see that pick on the list. I would have taken that one. Well, and, you know, you would think Swamp Rat, a semi-irregular player over the years, would know one of our unwritten rules, and that's not to pick a Monday game. But, actually, this week it's okay, Big Dog, because we will not be on the air till Tuesday. But typically, exactly. if you make a Monday pick, you know, we come on Monday show with all the excitement of the Beat the Schmoes football results, and we'd hate, we hate to put an incomplete in. But, but this week it's okay. So Georgia Tech, is Frank Beamer still coaching uh, Vatek? Yes, he is. Wow. <laughs> that guy's been around by for the a while. Way, by the way, Frank Beamer, I'm not, I'm not kidding around about this. If he can average nine wins a season for the next 15 years, which is possible if he can stay healthy, Past Joe Paterno. Wow. And we're on, the, uh, on the unofficial list of 409 wins. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was going to say, is that is that before or, or after the 11, the uh, the wins have been taken away? Yeah, yeah, that's because I, I I really want Beamer to do it so we don't say, well, the all time winningest coach is Paterno, but he's really not the all time winningest coach because his wins were vacated because of uh, Sandusky. Mm-hmm. So I'm rooting for Beamer. I Man. really am because of that. Just a. So we don't have that conversation ever. I, I hate to tell you, but my inside sources tell me Mrs. Beamer, I believe it's uh, Ginny. Ginny Beamer's been uh, looking for at least a couple of years at property in Florida, Big Dog. She's got retirement on her mind. If she's listening to the program right now and heard you say something about 15 more years, Ginny Beamer might have just had the big one. <laughs> 15 more years. <laughs> well, I got I got a comment, but I'm keeping this one to myself. All right. All right, see. <laughs> so you got Boston College. Kill, I understand. Plus two, North Texas. He's uh, like the greedy son of a gun he is, taking all 43 of the points. You'd think you'd at least gamble a little bit and give up a couple of those, but no, you're going to take all 43. And Georgia Tech and seven. Swamp, any other? As we look at the uh, pictorial of the college football season, any other thoughts or visions you have coming into what hopefully will be a great year? Well, I, you know what? With all the stuff that's happened to Penn State, I'm actually pulling for them. Absolutely. Because the, these yeah. guys aren't the ones that, that uh, created all the problems. And, and uh, Big yeah, dog I, understand, I understand the reason why they're putting names on the jerseys. It's to identify the ones that are building a new foundation. And I'm right there with them. And, uh, yeah. I, I, I'm pulling for Penn State tomorrow. Oh, you're wrong. These kids had nothing to do with it. And the ones that stayed at Penn State to make us, uh, uh, the rebuild the program, I, I really, uh, thumbs up to all these kids that stayed, uh, when they had a chance to go to other schools too. So, uh. Well, remember, Joe, what Joe Novak said when he, when he took over at Northern Illinois. If you stay, you'll, you will be champions. And, uh, I think maybe Bill O'Brien needs to borrow that speech. That, thought, that wouldn't be a bad idea. I thought the quote was, if we win, I'm going to the Big Ten. Wasn't that his quote? <laughs> 
that's not the one. That's not Who, the Joe one. Novak or Bill O'Brien? Joe Novak. No, I I got to give props to Big Dog and Swamp. You as a college football fan, any of our uh, college football fans, you want to jump on? The, the pressure's off now. Swamp Rats put his pick out there, and you want to make any comments on the upcoming season right before us, 888-463-6748, Jan Triple Eight. Four six three six seven four eight. Big Dog said that uh, Penn State should be allowed to play in a bowl game this year, which I completely agree with. But then he made the comment, Swamp, that uh, any money they win in the bowl should go to a legitimate charitable organization dealing with abused kids. I thought that was a phenomenal idea. And if they put that in, can you imagine how many people around the country would be rooting for Penn State football? Oh, absolutely. And you know what? Guys, they have a legitimate shot at six and six, which would oh, help, which would make them eligible for a bowl game. Yeah, you know, the thing is, I, I, I've been torn on this because, you know, guys, as you probably know, I've been a, I'm a big, or was a, a big Joe Paterno fan, and this really bothers me as to what came out in that report, and I suspect it's probably true. I mean, you know, but there had to be a punishment somewhere, and. You know, I think if I'm disturbed by it, it's they probably should have thought it out a little more. But, uh, you know, I feel that the program had to be punished somehow. And, you know, the death penalty, you know, I'm not sure that would have been that would have been the proper thing, because even though they probably deserved it. But, uh, you know, again, you're punishing student athletes that had nothing to do with it. And we just sort of experienced this recently with Baylor basketball where uh, the coach was involved, you know, knew about a shooting of another player and uh, and Scott Drew, who took over the program, uh, I don't know if it was his first year or second year, but he had to pretty much uh, go at it uh, without any non-conference games and go into the Big 12 and play those uh, big buffoons with, without any practice, basically, mm-hmm. and, uh, and still came out with three wins. But, uh, you know... I don't know if it's, it, it was the right thing to do, but they had to do something. And, and, and let's face it, the last couple of years, the NCAA has, has tried to make a statement that these big programs are no longer going to ignore the rules and, and do things their own way. And I think they started it with USC. And I still think, I still think, I told you, Coach, the other day, there's a, scant, there, there's a, uh, a, a championship in basketball that's yet to be stripped, and it probably will be in about two years. So if you are a fan of the University of Kentucky, enjoy it for the next two wow. years. But I don't think you're going to have it long. Wow! How about you're that, about big this dog? Past year, this past year, right? You talked about right. Wow. And, and believe me, Joel, looking at their roster this year, let's <laughs> just say I, I would love to hear what John Calipari tells tells these parents because he, don't feel too sorry for him because he's loaded for bear this year too. Yeah, right now his number one recruiting tool is, hey, my last uh, two recruiting classes, all five guys got drafted in the first round of the yeah. NBA. And, and trust me, Coach, the only reason why those sophomores were still sophomores was because they were advised that the, the climate of the NBA, no one knew how long that lockout was going to last. That's the only reason they stayed in Kentucky another year. Big Dog, it must be pretty depressing if you're like a third or fourth-year player, part of the Kentucky basketball program. Ordinarily, that'd be... Uh, Something to be proud of, but now it's like you, you kind of walk around campus with your head down. 
<laughs> yeah, with no doubt. Oh, you're you're still on the roster. What's wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're a senior. Sorry about that, man. Well, good luck this season. <laughs> Study hard in class. All right. right. Swamp, great to hear from you. Hopefully you'll be checking in uh, each and every Friday. Great comments on college football. The Penn State thing is still uh, right out there first and maybe foremost in the minds of a lot of college football fans. But we got your beat the Schmoes football picks. I don't think you're going to beat us, but uh, thank you for the attempt, my friend. (laughs) Thanks, guys, for having me on. Spread the truth. Pass the gas. (laughs) 888-463-67. 48, the phone number, if you want to uh, chime in on Beat the Schmoes, make your football pick. Big Dog, are you, um, I know you're a little bit, uh, the work has gotten into the way of your researching your football picks, but uh, you got a couple little tidbits for us? You want to make your picks? I'll leave it up to you. Yeah, yeah, I'll make a pick. These picks are are strong. Uh, I have Auburn getting three and a half against Clemson. Don't they know that Clemson doesn't have a defense and their best player, Sammy Watkins, is out? I, I, I was curious about that. Yeah, I'll take Auburn plus the three and a half. Yeah, Clemson favored. and Where is that game at? At Auburn. That's really weird. Is Clemson that good, or is Auburn that down this year? Uh, Auburn, you know what it is, is Auburn looks down because they really don't have a chance to beat Georgia, Alabama, you know, uh, LSU and Arkansas. Uh, but, but Auburn, they are a pretty decent football team. I mean, they had a great recruiting class last year. All these guys are sophomores. Uh, they should be much better off. And, and Clemson lost their whole entire defense coach. That's uh, why the, they, they, the point spread is so odd, though. At Auburn and Clemson's favorite. That's what I don't understand, Coach. Very weird. Minus... They're superstar player, Sammy Watkins, who will be out for one game. Very weird spread, but they're typically they know what they're doing. But you're going to take Auburn in the three points. Yeah, well, I thought it was three and a half, but yeah, whatever. We have to figure out a uh, we have to figure out a, a yeah. line. Okay. Well, I'll have one game where it's like, oh, I'm getting, uh, you know, it's minus thirteen and a half, and Dave will do this game same game where it's plus fourteen and a half, and, mm-hmm. and then it's like both of us are like the game ends up at fourteen and we both win. Beat the Schmoes you know is, so, we are very user-friendly. Uh, anytime you need a half point, feel free to use it. Okay, sounds good. We're like Little I, League I, Baseball. Everybody wins. Yeah, well, not exactly. Michigan <laughs> is a 14-point underdog. No! Alabama. Alabama has uh, a very incredible offensive line, so it's hard. If, if they get a lead, I'm going to be extremely worried. But uh, one thing I know about Bernard Robinson, he is healthy because it's week one. And for the first month of the, for the month of September, he'll be leading in the Heisman vote because he's going to play absolutely phenomenal against Alabama. Michigan's getting 14 points. I will take that uh, as they play in the Jerry Jones Dome. And uh, the last game of the week, I've seen this everywhere from seven to six and a half. So I'll take the seven. Colorado State, a seven-point underdog to Colorado. That is a rivalry game. That is perennially an extremely close game. I'll take the seven points that the Colorado State Rams are getting against Colorado. Love the rivalry games to open up the season. Uh, I don't think that one's on TV, but I, I, again, I mentioned that Sunday game, Kentucky at Louisville. Great way to open up the season. I think that's going to be a great game. Uh, Colorado State hosting, or is it at Boulder? It's at, Col- it's at Colorado State. At, okay, that's a good pick. So you get, you know, they got you guys. You got a whole off season to work on your uh, to work on your stuff. You're taking mm-hmm. on your big rivalry. Uh, program the toughest game you have all year and colorado 
yes, they want to beat Colorado State because you know it is a rivalry game, but they're more worried about Big Twelve action. Mm-hmm. So been a Colorado long time. They they beat Colorado a lot. Oh yeah, it's a great rivalry. I don't know. Do they always play opening game of the season? They typically do, coach. Okay. They they I, that's usually been a that's usually a really good early September game. Mm-hmm. I recall way back. I don't know if you and uh, David Olson uh, go back that far, but Colorado. Back when I was a youngster, they were a perennial, not top five, but they were a perennial top 20 team for maybe a 10 or 15 year run. And I haven't, to be honest with you, I haven't thought about Colorado football for a while, but you make the pick and it just occurred to me, boy, it's been a long time. I mean, they've had some decent teams, but a long time dog since Colorado has been, I hate to use the word relevant because that's an insult, but a top 20 team in college football. Well, they, they won a national championship in 1990. Yeah, 22 years. They did? 19? Who was on the 1990 team? Uh, that was a really good team. It was uh, er- Darian Hagan and Eric Bieniemy. I was just so gonna That team that, yeah. was freaking great. I was going to say Bieniemy's name, and then I said, no, no, he went to Air Force. Mm-hmm. No, but Eric Bieniemy and, and uh, Darian Hagan yeah. were, uh, were the two studs on that team, and uh, that was an incredible team. And then because of that, they were able to get uh, – uh, I forget the guy's name. Well, they had Michael Westbrook, Rashawn Salam, and Cordell Stewart on the same ah, team after that. I forgot that. about that. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, in the 90s, Colorado was great. In the yeah. 80s, they were horrible. In the so, 70s, uh, they were pretty good. Uh, Gary Barnett coached them for a while, correct? Uh, yeah, he coached them, uh, was it before or after Northwestern? And then, it was after Northwestern. Yeah, after Northwestern. And the guy and who brought him to prominence was the uh, the Promise Keepers guy. You familiar yeah, with him, David Olson? Bill McCartney, who started the Promise Keepers, which is a religious organization slash, I don't know if you, how you would describe it, but I'm sure producer David Olson, knowing his background, would not approve of the Promise Keepers. But it was more of a cult. Yes. Yes. All right. So we got Auburn plus three again. We're playing Beat the Schmoes. You want to check in, give a call, try to beat the Schmoes. Feel free to do so. Make Three picks against the point spread, very simple, 888-463-6748. Big Dog taking Auburn over Clemson, taking the points. Michigan taking the points against Alabama. Colorado State, you're taking the points against Colorado. You are a greedy son of a gun in week one, Big Dog. You're going underdog and taking points in each and every game. Early on in the year, it's better to take the points than lay the points. Okay. Uh, any other thoughts, uh on college football, previews, tidbits, news and notes, pictorials, panoramic thoughts on the season upon us. You know, last year was the year of the quarterback. I'm wondering what this year is, and and I'm kind of hoping this year ends up being the year of the dark horse team because everybody has just assumed it's going to be USC versus the winner of the the SEC in the national title game, and and. I, I'm really hoping that this ends up being one of those years where we get uh, somebody out of the middle of nowhere in the middle of the national championship hunt, and that, that's what I'm hoping the story is at the end of the year. My pick to win it all, I would not exactly say they're coming out of the middle of nowhere. I haven't seen the rankings recently. They're probably top ten team, but uh, uh, hit me about 2.30 last night, big dog. About, eh, about more closer to 2.45. I had a sneezing attack, bad allergy, right in the middle of my sneezing attack. Boom! The revelation hit me. The Georgia Bulldog, Mark Richt. They've been the bridesmaid. They haven't been the bride. They've been good. They haven't quite achieved great this year. Aaron Murray, Heisman candidate. The Georgia Bulldogs will win. 
the national championship. Thank you very much. Uh, just, just let you know, so another SEC team, just let you know that they have the easiest schedule in the SEC. They avoid, like, all the ridiculously tough teams. They play two ranked opponents in uh, in their 12-game schedule, two ranked preseason opponents, the Georgia Bulldogs. If they win the SEC, then they have a legitimate shot at winning the, the national title, so that's not that backwards of a, of, of a pick, Coach. It's not mm-hmm. bad. All right, there we go. All right, I will make my picks here and. uh Nice transition because my first pick has to do with the Georgia Bulldog. Buffalo, everybody's been taking points this morning. I'm going to give away some points. I'm going to give away 37 and a half points. The half point worries me, Big Dub, but I'll give it away. Buffalo at Georgia, I'm giving up 37, taking the Georgia Bulldog. Game two, you know me, a lot of people say never let sentiment get in the way of your objectivity. I'm a longtime sentiment guy. I'm going to Penn State. They're taking on Ohio, the Bobcat. Is Frank Solich still uh Running the show with Ohio? Uh, the fighting Soliches, I do believe they are. They've been winning right. the last couple of years. They have been winning. He's doing a nice job, the ex-Nebraska coach. But I think sentiment, more talent than you think, the home crowd, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, dot, 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 exclamation mark. I'm going Penn State giving up the six points against Ohio. Finally, finally, Arizona versus Toledo. This is a Swamp Rat type pick, picking a more obscure game. But uh, Rich Rod. One of the stories this year, Big Dog, a lot of new coaches. A lot of new coaches out there. Terry Bowden taking over at, where the heck is he at, Dayton? You got uh, Rich Rodriguez. Terry Bowden is coaching a Division Three team. Terry Bowden, well, you know what, i got to check here. I know I know he's back in the biz, and I always thought he was an excellent coach. I liked him as a commentator, too. I will double-check for you in a second, but let me just make my final pick. I'm going to take Arizona at home. They're giving up 10 points to Toledo. Toledo, they still got the big dude. Tom Alschutz is their coach, Amschultz. They didn't that, fire him, did they? Osmuts. Yeah. That guy, they, they were afraid to fire him. They couldn't get him out of the door. <laughs> oh, I, I, he might be. I think he's still there, but he did a nice job with the program. Toledo's competitive. But, again, it's at Arizona, and I think that first brand-new coach, home game bump, big dog, uh, and I know Arizona's not overly talented just yet, but I'm going to give up the 10 points and take the Wildcat and the home crowd enthusiasm. Isn't that how it happened for Rich Rodriguez with Michigan? Didn't he win, like, his first game and then his second game and then they lost, like, their next eight? Uh, you might be right. It, it yeah. got dark quickly for the Rich Rodriguez. Yeah, it was like all of a sudden they, they were calling on him to get fired before the season started because they they had, like, an illegal practice. Right. Yeah, Rodriguez couldn't get out of Michigan fast enough. Yeah, well, yeah, there, and there was other stuff that happened even, even before he started. I mean, almost uh-huh. from the minute he resigned at West Virginia, where there was controversy, he left a bad trail at West Virginia. And all of a sudden, the Michigan people are like, well, we don't want your dirty laundry. Yeah, they should have they hired a Michigan guy. Well, Bob, they did, Brady Hoke, and uh, that's why Michigan's going to cover the spread versus yeah. Alabama in the first game. I, I like Brady Hoke a lot. Bob Davey, out of the booth. We both of us thought he was excellent. He's back coaching at New Mexico. Rich Rod at Arizona. Jim Mora. Jim Mora Jr., not senior, thank goodness. Coaching at UCLA now. Terry Bowden is at Akron in the MAC conference. Okay. Charlie Weiss. Let us not forget Charlie Weiss is at Kansas now. That could be a train wreck. Uh, and then Mike Stoops left Arizona. He's back with his brother Bob as the defensive coach for the Oklahoma Sooners. Some of your coaching changes. Yeah, that's a nice little boost for the Oklahoma Sooners. They, they've got a heck of a team, too, this year, Coach, and they've got a, a decent, uh, easy schedule. 
They actually go to UTEP. They're on the road at UTEP first game. What is Oklahoma doing with that? I, that I don't understand. Uh, but that's uh, Oklahoma is definitely a national title contender this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, Landry Jones, their quarterback, right, coming back for his ninth year. Yeah, it just feels like nice. it. David Olson, I know you're a longtime NFL guy. We will certainly give you a mulligan if you care not to actually mulligan be incorrect. No, no, no. I'll take a shot, but All don't right. ask for any analysis on this whatsoever. All right. All right. Uh, I'll take Illinois over Western Michigan. Plus okay. 10. Uh, minus 10. Yep. Yep. I'll take Ohio State over Miami of Ohio. And then uh, Arkansas State is going uh, – Oregon will not cover against Arkansas State. They got to be getting Arkansas State's got to be getting a lot of points. Thirty-seven. Woo! So you're taking the thirty-seven. All right, Oregon can put up a whole lot of points in a short period of time. Big dog. Uh huh. Who's their running back? A lot of, yeah, a lot. And mm-hmm. I, I tell you something that I think all of my losses last year came betting against Oregon, but Michael James is no longer. Yeah, but they the got running back at Oregon, so that helps a lot. But they man, do they have replacement parts? Freaking track uh, team over there. What's the running back's name? DeAnthony. He's built low to the ground. He can scoot. He can get uh, after it. Uh, Denario Thomas. Nah, that's their quarterback, right? Yeah, Denario. Uh, I can't think of the the guy that replaced the Michael James during yep. the first through like those four or five games was. Yep. Freaking phenomenal! Yes. That and he had a great bowl game too. I remember him piling off a couple of big runs late in the game. So uh, it'll be interesting, but uh, you, you can't argue with taking thirty-seven points. All right, David Olson's got his picks in again. Uh, a few minutes to go here on the show. If you want to make your beat the smallest football picks, feel free to do so. Eight 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 four six three sixty seven forty eight triple eight four six three sixty seven. 48 uh, White Sox in Detroit this weekend, Big Dog. Any thoughts on a big series at uh, the South? No. In Detroit, right? Is, is it, uh, it would seem like it has to be a Comerica because the, the White Sox were just in Baltimore, so you would think they'd still be on the road because yeah. they were at home for like 12 games before that. So Not a good trip to really Baltimore, by the way. Trip. Lost three out of four to the Orioles. The Orioles are a good team. Yes, they, they are. Defense. They defense. They, they throw strikes. It's good. Mm-hmm. Uh, here, I'll tell you in a second here. The White Sox are, looks like, at Detroit. Well, at Detroit. Pitching. Winning this series goes a long way to winning the division. An extremely long way to winning the division. Yeah, well, and the nice thing for the White Sox is I think if the Tigers would have closed within a half a game, a game, or tied it up, pressure on the White Sox. But I think the lead is, is, even though the Sox struggled against Baltimore, they still got a two- or three-game cushion. So that changes, at least in my mind, Big Doug, the psychology of the series. It's Detroit. Yeah. Detroit's it, it the one that has to make hay. It, it does. If the White Sox win the series and gain a game yep. and go up four games, that, that's a huge, 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 huge role. The, the, the Tigers have to win the series much more than the White Sox do. Jake Peavy taking on Doug Fister tonight. By the way, it is Fister without the silent P unless they misspelled it in the paper today. Uh, Saturday's matchup, Francisco Liriano against Max Scherzer. Pretty good matchup there. Chris Sale and Justin Verlander. Outstanding matchup on Sunday. Uh, really the only guy we're not familiar with in Ronnie Sano, if you could tell the White Sox fans a little bit about tonight's pitcher for Detroit Tigers, Doug Fister. Uh, Doug Fister came over in a trade from Seattle. He likes to work down in the zone, keep hitters off balance. Really? 
He loves to pitch with the lead. Does he like to get ahead in the count? Absolutely. <laughs> he loves to get ahead in the count, you're supposed to say. Yeah, yeah, he loves to get ahead in the count. Thank you very much. I, I get the feeling the big dog's tired of the Ron Santa routine. It's been a, it's been a long baseball season. Uh, oh, we should mention, by the way, and your Cubs. I know we've been kind of quiet on the Cubs lately, both me and Big Dog, long time, uh, passionate Cub fans. But Darwin Barney, there was, I don't want to say controversy, but a little bit of uh, upheaval at the moment because he was about to set the record. This is pretty big stuff for consecutive game without an error. And on the game he's going to set the record, he threw to third base, and it got past the third baseman. Did you see the play, Big Dog? No, I did not. No, I did not. All right, it got past the third base. Originally, originally ruled an error by long time, and, and the word long time is often overused. Bob Rosenberg, the scorekeeper, official scorekeeper at Cubs Park, he puts the capital L and T in the long time, and that guy's been around longer than dirt. But he ruled it an error, and Darwin Barney loses his record. But to his credit, Big Dog, they watched the replay between innings. It was a catch that Luis Valbueno should have had, no error, Darwin Barney now all-time National League record holder for a second baseman without errors. Just, just for a single season. He still has a ways to pass Ryan Stenberg's consecutive game streak, though. So he's got to go 10 more games. Sure about that? Yeah, I, I just thumped the schwab. It's for a season, Coach. Okay. He's got the most consecutive errorless games in the season. Stenberg okay. has the most consecutive all-time, though. He had 123-game streak. By the way, is that for a second baseman or for any players? Second baseman. Second Just baseman. Second baseman. The, there's, the, the record is for outfielders, and I, I don't know who it is, but somebody went like 400 games. It's Doug Desenzo, I think, who has the record for outfielders. Mm-hmm. Do you remember him? Oh, sure. But it doesn't really count. Doug Desenzo has a game, the record for games, but he only came in in the ninth inning on half of them. Yeah. You know, you know, so yeah. it's like it doesn't really count. Not but. quite the same. Darwin Barney's been playing game in, game out, and, and again, I've said this before. Uh, I'm always amazed that, you know, one-day records, the perfect game, four homers in a game. It's unbelievable, 100 points in a basketball game. But the ones that I admire most are records that are of longevity, where you have to be consistently good for a long period of time. Those impress me. Well, one of the craziest things is uh, I, I don't know if Cal Ripken's streak was broke, but he was in the 80s playing shortstop. Steve Garvey went 162 games straight without committing an error at first base. Wow. It wasn't one season. It was over two seasons, but it was a season worth of games. 162 games without committing an error at first base. That's that's just, that's just ungodly, coach. Yep. So. Yep. That is amazing, stuff. And, and I don't recall Steve Garvey as being that great of a fielder, but uh, again, consistency over a long period of time. Did well, he beat uh, Did he beat Leon Durham's record? Yeah, believe it or not, yes, yeah, he did. He, uh, Leon's Durham record is 10. <laughs> oh, goodness. How about this? 51 minutes into the show, and we have not even brought up Chicago Bear football. I'm proud of you, Big Dub. They did win yesterday, 28-20. to 20, And um, I think, David, next week uh, on Tuesday, between 10-14 and 10-15, we'll have the highlights of the Bear exhibition season 2012. Uh, uh, how do they look? Yesterday, did you get to watch any of the game? I, w- I was watching Clint Eastwood and uh, Mitt Romney. I was all about the RNC yesterday. Uh, a party, coach. Yeah, apparently a pretty good battle going on for the third running back spot. Armando Allen and Lorenzo Booker both looked pretty good, so that's one of the more interesting battles. 
and which one I want, I'm not sure. I I want them both more than Khalil Bell. I know that. So the the Bears have done a good job with the running back position this mm-hmm. year. So that's uh, either way they're gonna they're, they've got a really good player. The Lorenzo Booker is like the return guy, but don't they have Devin Hester, Eric Weems, yep. Earl Bennett? You know what I mean? So uh, that's I don't know. They're gonna go with the cheap one, the All one right. that costs them less money. Yeah, Dave. Yeah, and they also had the battle for the third QB spot. No, which, they didn't. Well, there's only one guy. Not anymore. There's not. Oh, he got cut. He got cut. It's Big not. A, it's not official yet. But Brad Biggs is saying, yeah, they cut Josh McCown. So there's no battle though. Right now we have. They're, no, no they're 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 not going to go with a third QB. Well, they're, you got to have a guy ready. They're going with. They're going to go with Campbell, and they're going to go with Cutler. But they're they, they have, have to have a third quarterback who knows the system. And, and McCown will be re-signed by the Bears as soon as Adam Podlesh, the punter, is available to punt. And those but can you, they have right now. Can you go into an NFL game without a quarterback on the sidelines, Big Dog? They have they have Jason Campbell. I mean a third quarterback. Um you yeah, have to. they're gonna have to now. You gotta have a I, I understand. I, under, I understand the risk. The best I guess the way they look at it is this if they're playing an NFL game and they're both their first and second string quarterbacks get knocked out. At this point, it's really not that big of a deal. They've, they've probably already lost at this point, and they don't want to waste a roster spot on a receiver or a linebacker or an offensive lineman or a D lineman well, that they really need. You don't well, that's to. why that's why they're only going with two two QBs because yeah. they want the depth that they, yeah, at different you, roster but spots. But you guys are not aware of the NFL rules. You it doesn't take a roster spot. You can have that third quarterback practicing with the team. He can be dressed and ready to go. But he doesn't take a roster spot now. Once First and foremost, Coach, you can only put 53 people on your roster, and you have 45 active players. And second and most importantly, that rule is over. It's no longer around. You can you have to have three Says players. Says who? When there. did they get rid of that rule? Last season. I question your authority. But either or, either, even if it was the way you're talking about, the way if it was the old rule, the simple fact is they can't cut any defensive linemen or defensive backs. They have, they're way too thin at that. And I, and since Podlesh isn't ready to punt, they have to carry two punters because they can't just cut Podlesh. Somebody will pick him up. No one's going to pick up McCown. Okay. No one's going to pick McCown up, coach. Right. And then in two weeks, McCown will be a Chicago Bear again. I guarantee you. Okay. As soon as as soon as they say Podlesh is available to punt, oh, and coincidentally, uh, the Bears just re-signed Josh McCown. That's exactly how the story is going to go. All right. It's it's very possible they did. They're going to sign Matt Blanchard to the practice squad. There you go. Okay. Matt uh, Blanchard of Lake Zurich High School. No, no, is that the Wisconsin Whitewater kid? Yeah. No, oh, please keep this kid. They need to keep this kid in the organization. Every, <laughs> it, lo- it looks that I way. Like Before we run out of time, they have chosen the third running back. I think it's Lorenzo Booker. You would be correct, sir. Yeah. They waved yeah. Armando Allen. Uh, yeah, okay. So they didn't go cheap. They went with the guy that could return. So uh-huh. the Bears aren't thinking money. They're thinking what's going to help the team win. I like that. 14 to 14, one minute left, final quarter opening game of the season. Dane Sonsenbarker behind center. Sonsenbarker calls a signal. Sonsenbarker rolls out to his right, fourth down play. Open receiver in the end zone. The pass falls short. Bears lose. Would you like to hear some of the other people that have already been waived? Uh, Quarterback Greg McCoy. Safety Mark Legree. Cornerback Cornelius Brown. Fullback Tyler Clark. No! And wide receiver Britton Golden. Big dog Pitskin boy guaranteed us that Tyler Klutz was part of the organization. I 
As soon as he said that, I said, I'm not as confident. Tyler Klutz, the era is over. They're, they're going with one fullback on the team also. Yeah, they're going to use tight end as a blocking back. Yeah, that, that's – and the, well, the Bears have like seven tight ends. So that Tyler Klutz being cut was – I didn't want to bust yeah. his bubble. Yeah. So, you're right. How many tight ends does this team have? Like, they have at least four, which means that two of them can play – if you're a tight end, you can play fullback. It's as simple as that. I still like the college football programs that really don't have a tight end – in their system, but, you know, they've got, like, two players on the team listed as tight end, and they have a full-time coach to coach the tight ends. Jerry Jackson just signed as the Colorado State tight end coach. Really? That's somebody's job to coach a tight end? One guy? All right. Big Dog, uh, we will talk to you on Tuesday. Have a great Labor Day weekend, my friend. I know you'll be working hard, but I also know you'll sneak away and find a way to watch at least a little bit of college football. Uh, I, I hate to tell you, Coach, I would love to, but unless it starts pouring rain, I'm just going to do nothing about work, 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 work. I only have so much longer to make money. All right. Remember I said Kentucky at Louisville on Sunday, the game to watch. Uh, be oh, safe out there. We'll talk to you Tuesday, Doug. Peace out, everyone. Thanks for listening. Have a great weekend. David Olson, producer, and his incredible staff. Pardon the expression. Thank you for your outstanding work. We'll see you Tuesday, not Monday, Tuesday, 10 o'clock. Don't be late.